Episode 152, Part 2 of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. This is the episode I like to call The Empire Strikes Back of Geeksters. <laughs> Always ends on a down note. <laughs> I don't care how many times. Episode 1's always like, ooh, it's like a new adventure. This is awesome. Part two is usually like, ooh, evil seems to have won. And episode 3 goes, oh, it all worked out in the end. <laughs> That's how you always see it. It's like, yay. Oh, yay. <laughs> you know, um, this week, like I said, uh, Erica brings... Oh, also, by the way, too, we forgot to mention episode one. Uh, Erica's... Is there a Joe? He, uh, he, it's his first time on the show. Um, I'm sure you've heard the story over the first episode, so no, no point of rehashing. Or if uh, you did listen to the episode, now you know. <laughs> in case you're like kooky and wacky, like listen to episodes out of order. I like, I like the Empire Strikes Back episode. I'm going to this there. one, yeah. Um, yeah, so has uh, um, joined us again for part two because he was there the whole show. <laughs> it's not like he just showed up. He was there for part one, left, came back a week later and showed up for part two. Uh, so we talk about um, digital versus film yes. in theaters. and. Sounds like an opinion piece of some guy whining the fact that film guys who run the projection screen, who run the projection um, in theaters, are kind of finding themselves out of jobs because the lot of things are switching over to digital. Yeah, and you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Apparently, you know <laughs> they want to bitch like the brilliance of film. I was an artiste. No, all you had to do is go boop, change reels. You, know, like, <laughs> you got to wait for that little dot. And I even mentioned the, you know. I mentioned a Fight Club reference. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, Ed uh, brings up, uh, we bring up new releases, kind of a light week. Uh, yeah. You know, so you know where to spend your money accordingly. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much it for that episode. Um, if you tune in, if you stay tuned, at the end, I am going to add something video game related. Oh. You know, so uh, hang in there. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, just sit back, relax, listen, I'll see you at the end. And we're back. You're listening to Geeksters Live on AquadetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Just search Aquanet Radio on those apps. All right. So before we get started with Life in the and Everything in Erica, there was one thing I forgot to mention in the beginning of the show. Um, any Patrick Stewart fans in the, in the area? No. No. Um, I watched the first two episodes that are on demand of his new show, Blunt Talk. Yeah. Yes, I want to see that. It is so fucking hysterical to see him. Be completely off the rails, nut job. What channel's on? It's on? stars. It is stars. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's he plays like a, a, a because you mentioned Morton Downey Jr. in the well during break. Yeah. Um, he plays like he he has his own show called Blunt Talk, where he's supposed to be like you know like the in your face kind of commentator, mm. and it starts off with him having trouble with the law and how he tries to make his comeback, and he's got like a manservant, and it is so fucking funny to see him. Being like a drunk, coke snorting, dancing fool, mm. it is so funny. And I'm like Seth MacFarlane because he's the executive producer was able to kind of get him to kind of go off the tight wad British Shakespearean actor that we all know and love. Yeah, to see the goop. Go- I mean, well, if you're a fan of his Facebook page or his Instagram page or his Twitter page, you know he's 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 a funny guy. Mm. Um, to actually be able to see it 
come to life is hysterical. There was even actually uh, in the first episode a cameo by another Next Generation member. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. But it was very funny to see that person go up. I was like, oh, I was like, oh that's awesome. Like, I hope he becomes a regular character because he was great, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, it's the, the first two episodes because it started last night and they gave the first because it's only like a half hour show. It's a comedy. Right. I don't think the show would work as an hour comedy. I think the half hour is, is just right because right. it's set up joke, set up joke, set up joke, you know? And yeah. you're like, all oh, right. It's, it's, and it's hysterical. And so I'm like, I highly recommend that. Yeah, I but saw him on Conan O'Brien. He was interviewing him and talking about it. And they show the scene where he's getting ready for a show and he's in a bathroom with his manservant. Oh, and he's getting whipped <laughs> by the towel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But there's a reason for that. Yeah. You know, and it's just so funny. And then the second episode wanted to be even funnier than I thought the first one was. So I'm like, I can't wait to see this the, This whole show. Is I'm like, this is amazing. Like I'm, I'm. I, that's my pick of the week. <laughs> we just saw an interview with him too, and it, you know, they were talking about how people are so used to him as either Charles Xavier or Captain Picard, yeah, the stuffy Brit. Yeah, and I'm like, that's because those people have never watched American Dad. <laughs> so, well, yeah, you know, yeah. or the times where he was in Family Guy. Yeah, like, yeah, they don't yeah. know about his. You know, like I believe truly with Seth MacFarlane because he's such a fan of the Next Generation. How many times he's had these people come on? Like, the first time they ever got back together again after so many years apart was on Family Guy. And, you know, to get them all in a booth together to do this episode, yeah. he, you know, Chris, Seth MacFarlane was like, I was like a little kid again. I was like, this is awesome. You know? Well, he was telling a story when he was on Conan about Seth MacFarlane coming to dinner. He was, they were in a, they were all having dinner, Star Trek Next Generation cast, and he came in. And he was like, you know, and, and Patrick Twist says, you want to join us? Like, come on, sit down. You know, And he was just smiling goofily. I, how, uh, so would I. Yeah. I'd be like, kind of be like, just going, oh, I can't believe I'm sitting here. <laughs> it'd be like, it'd be like walking past and seeing, you know, Harrison Ford go, Millennium Falcon. And there I am standing <laughs> on Millennium Falcon going, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he didn't say I was going to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Totally worth it. <laughs> I'll do it. I don't care. I would be bent Just over. Just bite down. Bite down. I would be bent over that console waiting to go to hyperdrive with him behind me, and I'd be going, <laughs> you know, I don't care. Even if he pulled out a whip. <laughs> you know, and he ends with pulling his hat out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, all right, so Erica, what do you got for this week for Life, the Universe, and Everything in America? All right, so this week we have an opinion piece. It's should movie theaters have switched to digital? Most <laughs> movie theaters have already switched yeah, to digital because most people are filming on digital. Makes sense, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah, so it's it seems to be a little bit of a split about whether or not that should have happened. I'm going to say the film snobs are like, no, it's ruining the industry. Kind of, yeah, yeah. actually, okay. So, um, and this piece is from Den of Geek. It's written by Jordan Adcock. <laughs> Adcock. Um, <laughs> you have a funny name. Um, so, you know, we are witnessing the results of the switch, to, uh, the digital switchover. And it's actually really recently that it happened. Um, up to 2008, uh, there was only uh, a small handful of movie theaters that had digital projection right what really pushed uh theaters switching over to digital was avatar yeah okay i can right, buy that yeah. sure because 
digital 3D technology, you need top of the top of the line mm-hmm. kind of video and audio equipment. Yeah. So by 2012, between 2008 and 2012, it went from only a handful of theaters having this digital projection to almost 92% of in in the UK. 92% of theaters had switched over. Mm-hmm. Probably because of the um, the popularity of multiplexes during that time. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so now what they're saying is, okay, digital's great. Like the, the quality's better. You can uh, – one of the issues that um, they had shown – or they had used as a reason, you know, to promote switching over is um, with ti- – remember Titanic, there were so many viewings – the uh, the film would start to wear out. Yeah, it starts to deteriorate. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. when you're using that cellular, you know, that's yeah. I mean, it, it breaks, like a VHS tape. You breaks know, breaks down after just like anything else, right? Yeah. So, um, so the great thing is better quality. You can get better special effects. Um, you can play it thousands upon thousands of times and not have to worry about that quality degree. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're questioning the downside now. So number one downside is the projectionists are, and this is coming from the projectionists. So you know, there's always going to be a little bit of a bias. Well, let's see. Well, the projectionist. I mean, yeah, all right, uh, okay. What what are they saying? So the projectionist, you know, old film. A lot of times they had, you know, they would have to switch over between. Yeah, you, you had know, to switch reels. reels. If you watch Fight Club, there's that moment that boop, you know, and yeah. that's when they know when to change the reels. Yeah, yeah. So they're saying, you know, film projection, working as a projectionist was an art. Now it takes, you know, any Joe Schmo can plug in the, you know, plug in the thing and hit play. Okay, hold on. Flag on the play. These are pompous pricks who are trying to add more legitimacy to their jobs. It's like, what I did was an art form. I am not an janitor. I am a sanitation worker. You know? You get paid minimum fucking wage to go. I got two more dollars because I was a projectionist. Yes, I have to know how to run a reel and hit the right button instead of just kind of going boop and sitting back. You know, <laughs> any high school kid can have that job. I've been doing this job for 20 years back when the cinema first opened up. I started off as a, as an usher. Now look at me. I've graduated to projectionist and I've gotten a $3 raise <laughs> in the 30 years I've been here. <laughs> so this, is, this is what they say, which part of me was kind of like, really? Um, it's very easy to sympathize with those who have worked with film for years suddenly uh, being taken down by digital. Their skills now apparently useless. It's I, progress, marching on. Like yeah. every, it's, it's <laughs> happened not just to projectionists. I so. just, it's very funny. Dude, I just made your job ten times easier. Yeah. And you're still getting paid the same amount. Shut the fuck up and push well, the button. They touch, they touch on something else later that makes me question why they don't just get trained in something else but okay i'll come back to that mm. uh they said for many of them projecting prints uh is or was a delicate craft every screening providing its own unique performance which i'm kind of like how is it unique it's a movie because there's that opportunity. it's film no, it's- no because here's why because you never know if there's going to be that moment where the frame snaps and you're looking at a big giant white <laughs> screen there's never that moment you're going to worry about that burn mark that go she Dude, that happened like, to me. That it happened to me too wild wild west and also, too, <laughs> well, okay, that, that I can't was... believe he meant it, that, seeing that movie in the theater, but all right. They were doing you a favor. That, that was, that was, was the, what, like 13? That was the movie gods making their opinion known on the movie. <laughs> but it also misses one of the best jokes ever in movie history. Mm-hmm. Gremlins 2. 
Oh, no, it was Gremlins. When they're watching, um, recall it, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Okay. And in the theater, you're watching, all of a sudden, the, the rail changes, and you see Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, what's going on? And then you see the Gremlins' heads pop up. And then there's action. <laughs> and they're throwing popcorn. And it makes, I think it was Gremlins 2, actually. Because then there's a moment where the film snaps and it has like remember that old Indian head they used to do? Yeah. Except it was it was a gremlin's head. And then you see Yeah, I think that was Gremlins. And then you too. see Hulk Hogan come in to kinda of, you know, the the you know brother to yell oh, at the gremlins. Wait, no, if Hulk No, that must have been Gremlins one because Okay. The reason I say that, I know Gremlins two because when I was a kid I was too scared to watch Gremlins one again. Okay. <laughs> and I still I haven't watched that movie in over thirty years. <laughs> so I'm yeah, okay, it's Gremlins 2, Hulk Hogan. Hulk oh, Hogan. it is Gremlins Yeah, because yeah. uh, here you go. Here, uh, here's, the, here's the bit, but... Oh, it's an advertisement. La, 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 la. But yeah, because it was, it was a great visual joke because you're yeah. watching it, and all of a sudden you see, like, the Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and, and all of a sudden they start singing, you know, they start going, hi-ho, hi-ho. It's oh, when, when the movie starts play. Uh, let's see, here it is, Gremlins 2, the new batch. The best part of Gremlins 2, the new batch. Well, they're in the theater. Okay. No, no. It's a black and white film. We have gremlins in the projection Could you help us? Right. Gremlins. They can go into another theater. Now? Okay, you guys. Listen up. People pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. <laughs> I'm up there myself. Do you think the Grimsters can stand up to the Hulkster? Well, if I were you, I'd run the rest of Gremlins too, right now. Sorry, folks. It won't happen again. Yeah, but when it happens in the movie theater... I forgot the- about when that. When it happens in the movie theater... It happens so naturally, and you're like, because of those imperfections of the film, so when you start seeing, like, it's a white screen, and you see a gremlin pop up, and then another, and you're like, oh my god, this is awesome. So I could kind of see that argument in the 80s, but (laughs) now, not so much. (laughs) So go ahead. Okay, so um, the other issue is the cinema efficiency drive corresponds with increasing complaints about the lack of all... ushers and resulting lack of audience etiquette so i don't know that there's necessarily that one caused the other um so wait so that article is saying that because of the the lack of a projectionist is now causing more people to be ruder in theaters so what they're saying is um the lack of project the switch to digital is going hand in hand with cinemas trying to be more you know cutting costs and by cutting cutting costs, they're cutting staff. So fewer ushers, people aren't, you know, and they know that there's going to be no ushers. Right. So they're more likely to act inappropriately uh, in a theater. You can obviously tell it's an opinion piece. Exactly. That's why I said yeah. it's, it's, it's an Because I would, I, would, I would say that technology has made more people ruder. Yeah. Because you're actually on your phone back in, the, back in my day or back in the day. <laughs> Back when it was back when I was a kid, before the digital age, you also didn't have cell phones too much. That's you, true. you couldn't be texting or Instagramming, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I'm at the movie theater," or you're not making plans while the, the film's yeah. playing. So, I mean, I just think that that's kind of a of a sign of the times, where yeah. because of modern age, it's a cause and effect. It's I mean, not... I have 
I have also noticed that um, when I've gone to the theaters, there seems to be a lot less staff. Like when we went to we went to Cherry Hill Theater to see Jurassic World, there was nobody there to take our tickets. Like we bought the tickets. Well, um, and they do from, it at, and this at the when you buy the, the ticket, they, we got it at the kiosk. Oh, okay, we went to the kiosk. There was nobody at the. Um, you know how usually they'll tear yeah, your the tickets. Ticket guy. Nobody was there. And then when you go into Cherry Hill, they have the uh, the multiplex like broken off. So like, yeah, you know, one through I think fourteen's on one yeah. side, and then the rest are on the other side. There was nobody there checking tickets either. So it kind of made me question. What time what, of day was it? Was uh, it a matinee? Was it like two o'clock? So it might have been. Yeah, it might have just been by virtue yeah, of the fact would, we were there in the middle of the day on a Thursday. That's probably more the reason why, because I would say like on date nights, like Fridays and Saturday mm-hmm. nights, that's probably where you have the abundance yeah. of staff because. You need, like, you're going to have a more influx of people going, like, hey, it's Friday night, movie just started, woo. Like, when we go to the Chamonix, there's always a guy at least ripping, even though you get tickets oh, to the I've, I've always, there's always yeah. been that guy kind of going, what movie scene? It's Theater 13 yeah. on the back to your left or right or whatever. And yeah. yeah, so I just think that. And the Chamonix, I've, I've never, I've never not seen a guy at the front. Or if he's not there, he's usually off helping somebody. Right. Like, but he's, he is in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. What I am more than, I mean, but you can always tell because what I'm more annoyed of anything else is that the fact that there is three concession stands. When you go in the Chamonix, there's one on the left, one on the right, and one all the way in the back. In the back, yeah. One is always open. The one in the back is very rarely open. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're going to have films being played during the back. Yeah. At least have two people back. Actually, there. Cherry Hill was the same way too. Like you know? there was there was this huge concession stand <clears> in front, <throat> and uh, we got we got a meal actually because now they have like chicken tenders yeah. and stuff. So I was like, you know what? Let's just get food here. It yeah, well, it, incredibly it, overpriced. Well, but... yeah, because it, it's the um, it's the we need to f- because that money is more of a uh, more of a direct cash flow for them than yeah. the actual movie because they they. When it's kind of like, hey, we want this movie. Okay, mm-hmm. well, you have to pay so much yeah. money. To, it wasn't bad. For, you know, don't get me wrong. It wasn't bad. No, for, no. I love like the mozzarella sticks. Yeah. It was $18 for four chicken tenders and a basket of fries. Yeah. That's, and I was kind of like. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, does Vaseline come with that deal too? Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, it was one that. But now that I know that I could have just walked in with food in my bag, I. Well, not necessarily. Is there an article? No. Is an article? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. I'll no, I know, news I know which the... article you're talking yes. about. We'll come back but to that. I remember, I remember when I was younger, like a teenager, like you would go in, they would tear your ticket, and then there was ushers at each of the uh, doors. To check. To, to, to check, check. Make sure you're going in the right movie yeah. theater because uh, a lot of people would sneak in. And That know, is, I have the most infamous story of getting 15 people to see Star Trek oh, yeah. 4 on two tickets. Yeah. yeah. You know, you walk out and you hand your two tickets to somebody else and all you do is show it and they go, okay, go ahead. And you just rotate it until the, finally the whole crowd's in and you only paid for two tickets. You're like, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, the other famous story is watching Faces of Death with a hoagie stuck up in the back of my jacket and eating it while I'm watching the movie. Like, yeah. Oh, I've, I've gotten tons because, I mean, this isn't my typical purse, but I usually carry a big purse with me because I, I have a lot of stuff. So do I. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have. Shove this in your shirt. <laughs> no, but I have shoved food like. I'm you know, just over, wait, in. what are you trying to say? <laughs> what I did one time was it was me and my uncle and a couple other people. And we were going, I think we were going to see Watchmen or something. So what I did was I had a black purse because when you look inside, why does it have to be black? <laughs> because I'm bringing race into it. Deal with All it. All right, <laughs> I'm bringing race and nets. Oh, oh, no. No. <laughs> but, um, well, 
But you goober. Ah! So like the way they would check purses, I knew that, you know, if I can't find shit in my purse, they ain't going to find right. it either. So it what had you do is you throw all the food at the bottom and lay a bunch of tampons at the top. <laughs> what I did was um, the inside was ew. The inside was black. And then what I did was I put a piece of like uh, black paper over top of it. And then put my stuff inside, so it almost... It's got a false bottom. <laughs> and hey, I got two cans of soda. I think we took we took two short hoogies and a box of candy in. I always hated people who brought the can of soda in, because at some point you're that... Yeah. In oh, the theater, did, and no, you're we just did like... It before, we did it before the movie. You know? Because we, we knew we were going to make be making that noise. That, you know, the little crack of the little bottle, and go, 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 but not that... Yeah, like, no. no, as soon as soon as we got in, we yeah we cracked it so we wouldn't have to be doing it during right. the me- during the movie. And we believe me, we were conscientious about that because we're like, all right, but we probably should have. We knew we realized after the fact we should have brought bottles before Wood Haven was doing this big trans uh, transition between old kind of look theater to the new modern style. There's a pizza shop like 20 feet away. Yeah, they were people were bringing in their own pizzas. Like they just didn't care. It yeah. was like you know, it's hey, it's a it's a matinee of Sun Saturday. Here's my. It's like you're not going to be shoving a pizza down your pants, but people actually walking in with a pizza box, mm-hmm. like a small pizza. Let them go. I think now they're cracking down because they're doing the whole nice thing. Mm-hmm. Best thing I love about going to the Woodhaven now, besides the, the seats, um, is the fact that they have that new fancy Coke machine. Where oh, with the flavors, with all the flavors. And yeah, stuff. And, I tried that this week and, and it was I, so good. I have always been a huge fan of a soda that never made it up north it was mellow yellow yeah and i was a huge fan of it when i was in florida for a while you know and i was like i love the soda it's in that list so now when i'm at the movie instead of having a coke zero i'm like mellow yellow what did we we had a coke zero but it was no but you added flavor to it what was the flavor you added to my my soda flavor of the fever it was like cherry and then something else a hit of raspberry cherry vanilla and raspberry and it was half and half, and it Jizz. was it was good. Yeah, it tasted a little salty. <laughs> Had a salty finish. <laughs> Had a funny aftertaste. <laughs> Had to spit it out. But yeah, that, man, that was so good. And I only fit, like I asked for I think the regular, and it was like the freaking that's bucket why, of soda. I'm a stubs holder, and my my large my large drink comes with an undertow. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh. so so they're saying back to the article it's it's the modern age is causing the yeah so one of the now and this is kind of what i was going to come back to so one of the things this guy is complaining about is the um uh issues with the projection of the the digital so uh poorly calibrated 3d lack of screen adjustment to account for aspect ratios uh that end up leaving a film surrounded by black bars to which I would say, if that's the case, and there are issues with this, why not train the the projectionists who have been working with film to correct these issues? Because those people are probably now in their 40s and 50s and sometimes even 60s and 70s who don't have the ca- capability to learn differently. Like, so There is an adage about the old, you can't teach an old dog new mm-hmm. tricks, even if it is because a lot of it's computer-wise. Mm-hmm. This guy is so... When it comes to film, it is about the feel and about the touch. Thing, yeah. It's you know you it becomes second nature. So that when you have to learn like a new system, 
you tend to do it slower. Mm-hmm. So there's more of a more of a, a like there's less of a chance of a guy who's been doing the job for 30 years mm-hmm. to try to learn how to do it digitally than hire a guy who's already learned it from school mm-hmm. or who already has common, you know, point and click knowledge. Yeah. But even then, like, still have somebody who can correct sure. those issues. You Completely know, like, agree. It's it's a new style of projection. I'm not saying that one's necessarily better than the other. Me personally, right. I I can't really speak either way about which I would prefer. What I'm saying is if there are issues with digital, then you need to have people there to correct those issues. I completely agree. I mean, I think also, too, that there's a lot of um, directors who like to still use film. Mm -hmm. uh, Actually, they get to this point. Quentin Tarantino is – He's huge a, he's about a, using film. Yeah, he is a film file. Like he, he has, so this is what he has said. He's mo- been the most outspoken, frequently labeling digital projection as "quote unquote" television <laughs> in public, and declaring its dominance over film as "quote the death of cinema as I know it." But he's also he is a movie guy. Yeah, like he, he is he, a movie guy. He's period. always been a movie guy who yeah. has luckily he was who's gotten to do the job that he loves the most. Yes, you know. So and do I, it well. And too. I do, the- I do take his opinion with not with a grain of salt, but more of a of a hmm. He's got a point because he there, knows what he's talking about. Because there are when you do film, you have to work, you know, with the projectionist, mm-hmm. not just the projectionist, but the the director of photography. How the sunlight comes through that lens has to adjust for certain tones and hues mm-hmm. on makeup, like the color blue on screen might not be the color blue that's actually being recorded. Yeah. And then with color coding, like with digital, it's easier to kind of like um, seven. There is a, a great documentary on DVD about how they had to color code everything to get that like that sunset at the end. It's not it's like the middle of the day, but it yeah. still looks gray and hazy. They had to go through frame by frame and readjust those colors yeah. where, you know, because that was on film. But on digital, it's like I want this hue. Boom. And then yeah. and it's all done. But it kind of mutes like another good to another good documentary on how they they color code and correct everything is the um when they transferred the next generation they upscaled it from mm-hmm. TV to the blue from regular DVD to Blu-ray mm-hmm. how they had to go through the process frame by frame and actually using some of the props and stuff from the original movie and refilm them yeah. to kind of it's 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 it is a full time gig mm-hmm. and it's not like touching a button it was it's actually an art form yeah so when you're using film there is there is a graininess there's a naturalness to it there's yeah. there's there's a life to it and i kind of like you can see that on some of the older films yeah some of the other like and then like some of the newer films you want the like okay the avengers could never be done on film no because there's too much there's too much special CGI effects. And C- yeah you know so digitally it's easier to, to transfer and also too with movies like that you'll find a lot of directors like using digital because they can film something. First of all, the cost is less mm-hmm. because normally I think... You don't have to pay for the processing. Right. Well, not only that, but just the film itself because a film reel is actually only 15 minutes of actual yeah. film time. So to do a two-hour porta- movie... The portability of it is a lot right. better, number the, one. The, you don't I, have to pay to process that film right. and then making copies from it. And just the actual film itself to film the process, you have 15 minutes of time. If you're doing 15 takes... And you've been doing this one scene for three hours. That's a lot of film that you're paying for. And that gets cut into the budget. With digital, you can record for hours on end. And then play it back instantaneously on a screen to kind of go, okay, see what you did here? So the actor can kind of go, 
oh, I see what you want. Now I see what I did wrong. Yeah. Let's go back and do it again. Or, and, 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 or when they do a digital, they can actually now, thankfully, with technology, here's what the special effects going to look like. This is what you're reacting to. Here's what it's going to look like in the film, sort of. It's an animatic. So as an actor, you have something to play off of rather than just kind of an empty room going, oh, what am I looking at? Where do I, where's my eye line? You can kind of get an eye, as an actor, it helps your craft more. Yeah. You know, because I, I like to do the, the visual there. Yeah, on no, radio. The radio, that's yeah. awesome. Like, oh, what am I doing? Where am I looking? Huh? What? Huh? <laughs> you know, so I mean, I kind of I can see both, but someone like Quentin Tarantino doesn't use a lot of digital effects. He's no. a very practical he effect is, guy. Yeah, like I mean, Death Proof, perfect example. <clears throat> like every car that crashed in that film was a car crashing. Right, and like, he used film and maybe some digital manipulation for certain mm-hmm. things. Especially when it came but to like... But it's few the, and far between. Especially like when with the, the first one, Planet... Um, Planet Tower. Right. The screen, the, the scratches in the film yeah. and, and some of this... That obviously was done digitally. Yeah. But, you know, you probably could have that same effect and, and, and as a practical effect too on set mm-hmm. by just opening up the the lens just a little bit to let a little bit more yeah. light in to give it like a like there's the little tricks and blur- all yeah all of a sudden how the fuck do i know all this shit? this <laughs> is this is the gourd this is the reason why i watch special features on blu-rays yeah. and dvds and you actually, <laughs> actually my um uh one of my exes did a lot of work um production work in movies and he worked for a little bit for scott free production productions and he um there was a commercial that ridley scott had uh, i think it was ridley scott had produced that had um Oh, what the hell is that? Gary Oldman in it. Okay. And it was for like BMW, Mercedes. Oh, some commercial. oh, no, no. Was it the phone commercial? It might have been the phone because commercial. Because he was doing phone commercials for a while. No, this was like 10 years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, right. this wasn't recent. But um, he showed me this commercial that he had helped on. And there was like this sort of uh, light flare kind of like skippy effect, mm-hmm. you know, to, to simulate like somebody having heat stroke. Right. And he told me how he did it. And it was basically... They had taken the film and overlaid the film on top of it multiple times and then shot that. Um, so it was like it was a practical effect that went through. BMW the film. commercial with Clive Owen, James Brown, Gabby Oldman, Malin Manson, Day That's it. Trejo. That's it. Yeah, it was like a 10 minute commercial. I just. Yeah, yeah. YouTube not... it. <laughs> but yeah, he he helped with the um, like the post production kind of stuff on that. He was like an intern or some shit. I don't know. But um, yeah, and same thing practical effects, but. It came out really nicely, and this was when that came out. It was pre-digital being used for a lot of stuff because digital was still really expensive, right? So, and that that's part of the reason why it's taken theater so long to switch over to digital. Because I mean, I know when I was in college, you know, I was in college from two thousand to two thousand five, and I did a lot of digital stuff then. And even then, it was still very expensive. To yeah. you know, like the computers they brought in were top of the line but when we were looking at um you know buying equipment for ourselves for our personal use i remember uh the digital camera i was looking at and it was like midline digital camera like not crazy it was still five thousand dollars to start now that same camera now with the newer version is only like between 800 and a thousand dollars not even that but just now look at digital technology how many people can actually do it on their phone Yeah. yeah You know, like I like how many how many fucking ads for iPhone six that you see and like with like somebody doing a film filmed on an iPhone six OS like it's like 
All right. Everyone now is a filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. What but, was it, that, uh, that one show, Modern Family, I think it is? They just did a, an episode uh, right. a couple months ago where it was yeah. entirely shot on iPhones. Yeah, it was shot on iPhones. It was like the, definitely like, and it was, it's a great episode, was, too. Yeah, that was really it's, cool. It's original. It's inventive. And you're like, oh, my God, this is where we're at te- technology-wise as far as recording, which is like it's scary in a way where you can actually, with the right kind of hits on YouTube – like okay, Josh Trank is a good example. He's yeah. a guy who you know <clears throat> is partly responsible for the Fantastic Four. His first movie was Chronicle because I was listening to partly responsible. Well, partly because it's him and, and the studios. Okay, you know. <clears throat> you can't blame it. It's uh, that to me is a colossal failure on multiple levels. Yeah, he is just one part of a bigger fuck up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but his first real big, like he's he was on the Kevin, you know Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman podcast, and he was talking about how he got really discovered was that he actually created a uh, short. It was uh, Leia a stabbing at Leia's twenty second birthday, and it's it's a short little video that he made with six people, and it's supposed to be like this big house party, and a fight breaks out, and someone then two guys start wielding like lightsabers, and it's shot as in a fight. Like an actual, like realistic kind of fight manner, mm. and the guy gets stabbed. It's it's a gorgeous, like two minute video, but people saw that and were like, "Oh my god, that is so original and so different." What else have you done? And that kind of got opened the door for him to get to make Chronicle, and Chronicle, which was a a superhero movie without the superheroes, kind of like mm. without having a superhero property, got him to help get him the job for Fantastic Four. Now that being said, him getting the job and what happened after that is two different stories yeah. but still the idea is that he did it with very limited amount of film and it was mostly digital aspects mm-hmm. like so it's like it's out there and you can be more creative because with film being expensive like when kevin smith made clerks everyone knows this story it cost him almost eight, 28 grand yeah of film and it was black and white film because it was the cheapest to get and he maxed out everything to do it which now, by the way the funny thing is is now black and white film is expensive as fuck. It's all, yeah, yeah, because everyone, if they want that really, because it's film, it's not digital. Where if you well, want... and it requires different processing, too. Right. So, like, when I was in, in college, I, I went to college for photography, and when I was shooting um, black and white, I always it cost me so much more, even with the processing, because the film costs almost twice as much as color film. Yeah. I... And it used to be the opposite, where black and white film was significantly cheaper and then eventually it just, it, you know, and color film was more expensive because it was new. And then it, it eventually flipped because not as many people um, do the, the black and white film now. Right. Because it's, it's a rarity. It's like, well, you want, you want to do something different, you got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, I don't know. The opinion of like digital versus real film, I think it depends on what you want to do as a commodity. I don't think, I don't think the, av- the average film, the average film goer, I think, has, kind of dumbed down a lot where they just want to go in they want to see explosions and they don't want those moments where you have to wait for a film they want that instant gratification like and i kind of feel that way too i'm paying if i'm paying ten dollars to go see a movie or more Mm. it better be a perfect night i don't want if someone bitching is one thing but if something goes wrong with the film or or like when you're in a theater and the air conditioner is broken and you're sitting watching a hot film and and you're just like Ugh. you know, you want that. You, all you want is that silver screen to be perfect, to p- transport you away from all your problems, all your troubles, 
anything that could be weighing you down. You want to get lost in a story for two hours. Yeah. And then when all of a sudden there's that moment where you hear that snap. And it's just a white screen of death looking at you. Yeah. And you're just like, motherfucker. And it could be like 10 minutes before the film gets back up because you got to re-spool everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, it happened to me at uh, uh, the... uh, 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 shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, right, Ed. Nice flow. Matrix Two. Okay. When I saw that movie, we were we were in the theater, and it was like we were twenty minutes into the film, and it stopped, and there yeah. was a problem. So basically, like we we ended up like waiting, and then like finally it started, and they had to start over from the beginning. It's not like they could right. pick up where you left off. So now you have to watch it all over again. At this point, we haven't eaten, so we were like hungry, you know. Right. So it made it worse because now you gotta watch the whole twenty minutes again. Yeah. in your stomach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, I think the worst experience I had—I I don't even remember what movie it was—but um, the film started and it was like half on the screen <coughs> yes. and then half on that yeah, curtain. You beneath. had to worry about the. the and hor- we're all sitting there for the first twenty minutes screaming. Fix yeah. the screen. And that's like, another everybody problem. Everybody stood up and was screaming at the projectionist booth. Yeah. And this was this was back when I was in high school. So yeah. it was still film. Yeah. So that that and like And we're screaming at it took uh, 20 minutes. It's an art form. Fucking fix the vertical. <laughs> fix the horizontal, you douchebag. Fix the vertical, you Picasso. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Oh, I'm an artist because I have to spool reels. Fucking look at the horizontal control, dick. But yeah, it was Turn a knob. 20 minutes in, yeah. they finally fixed it and restarted. Yeah. Like we, we just had to deal with the fact that the first 20 minutes we couldn't see the bot because the, the, um, the ruffles and the, the curtain, right. We couldn't see what the hell was going yeah. on. Or because in film, the audio track and the visual track are two different oh, things. Oh, I hate that. If it wasn't synced up perfectly, mm. it would be, it would look like watching an old Japanese film. I've, yeah. I've had that happen. You know? And it, it, it fucks with my head in a weird way that yeah. I, I end up not being able to look because it yeah. bugs the ever-living shit out so, of me. So sometimes it can be funny though. Like uh, singing in the rain made a great parody of when that happened. Oh sure. yes, ages ago. No, that yes, was funny. Yes, yes. No, no, no. 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 Yeah, it's freaking hilarious. But that was funny because it was it was meant to be funny. Yeah. When it, it, you're paying ten dollars to watch it happen on the screen, yeah, two hours of that yeah. makes me want to. And then you my have to go out. run out and talk to somebody. And go, yeah, I'm sorry. Just in theater three, the sounds off. Like, and then you miss you miss everything that's happening. Eh, and by the time you know, it's, yeah, depending on the movie, you know, you yeah. may not give a shit. But but yeah, I th- I think I agree with you. Where I think it depends on the film. If it's a Tarantino film, I want that shit on film. Yeah, well, and I and I don't see him putting out really anything. Or, or at least not putting out anything that wasn't shot on film, at least. Whether or not it arrives to the theater's film, I guess it's going to be I a mean, whole I, other I thing. I think it depends. Like, I don't know what the process is after. Like, if I if Quentin Tarantino does a movie on 30-millimeter film, 70-millimeter, uh, and then it has to get processed to, to, to digital, to yeah. digital yeah. it does lose that magic, of, especially yeah. of that voice that he's trying to show through the 70-millimeter film. So I think that theater's... To me, the screen should be is, is I think not important. I mean, you obviously want it clean and all that. Well, yeah. But I do think there should be um, a dual projection system where if a person has digital, it's slide this one out, line it all up, push play, boom. If it's a film, that person has to wheel the, the thing over and string it all up, and 
you know, to I I think that there needs to be that almost hybrid of a worker to be able mm-hmm. to do film and digital. Yeah. But that's I think that's where the problem I, is. It, is that, it, I think it's just a dying age. I mean, that's that's the thing that's sad that's, about it. I mean, you know, yes. I mean, there there were some good nuances for it. You know, sure. Like I I mean, you know, like, but I also think the film's also deteriorating too. That's the other. That's the only mm-hmm. other problem. Because uh, uh, when I was watching Tron, there's a documentary on Tron. It's fascinating to talk about Technicolor, Disney's right. format. And basically what that is is that you can take a Technicolor film from the 30s and play it today. And it looks just as good mm-hmm. as it did back in the 30s. Where if you get one of those Kodak films with the with the, the film, yeah. it's not as good anymore because it yeah. degrades. That there's, yeah. There's and a... it, yeah, and like the old, old films um, – they were on, I think, uh, nitrate film or something, and those things got, um, you know, they could burn very easily. But as they degraded, yeah. um, they became, yeah, they were already incredibly well, that flammable. Was, that was one of the, the point lines of in, Glorious, Glorious Bastards. Bastards. Yeah, you know, you, but you saw, right? okay, yeah, film. but you can't, you can't play those anymore right. because it's it's a fire hazard. But also, as they degrade, it gets this very, um, very pungent smell. And yeah, once, I love pungent smells. Once it gets to that point, you can't use it anymore. Like, right. Even if you wanted to, you can't use it. Well, anymore. it's like in the late '90s and early 2000s. I remember, always remember the commercials. They had this like a star, you know, uh-huh. a star coming on, doing, like, an, doing a thing like you know, donate to you know, like AFI to preserve the film, oh, right? Prefer, preserve our film heritage. Yes. Yeah, I remember all that. You know, and and, and they please give, and it's just like digital. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, technology now is like now what you can do is take those film and transfer it to digital media, so that way it, it increases the life expectancy yeah. of it. Or like for me, for me, like they're and then cut the film down to little cells and then sell it as a hey, were you a fan of Wizard of Oz? Here's an Here actual film cell. cell right. you know? They um, one of the things they liken it to is in music, people who love vinyl and feel that switching to digital format is right. Is killing it it the loses something in the originality and of the of the. You know, yeah, the, there's a, they always say there's a warmth to the sound and they're saying it's it's very similar in movies where there's a warmth to the yeah. color. I love vinyl like I will buy and occasionally because I, if I'm going to buy vinyl and take up room in my house with it, it better be really fucking good album. Um, but the good thing is, is a lot of the vinyl albums that I've been buying lately also come with a digital download. So you can right. get you can get it to take it with you. Um those are the like that's where I would like to see it where you know I can enjoy film you know but I can also get get it to go if mm, that makes sense right so that's the way I would like to see see it happen and like I said I think it depends on on the film like if I saw Age of Ultron I'm not going to see that on film it's it's never going yeah. to work anyway but digitally same thing with Jurassic World you know yeah but a Tarantino film like Hateful Eight that's coming out, I would that I would much prefer to see on film. Yeah. Right, well, since we're talking about movies and all, Ed, what's coming out this week in Blu-ray and DVD? Oh, segue, oh, yeah. segue. Uh, we, well, we've got the. What uh, am I going to waste my money on this week? <laughs> not much, I'll tell you that. Uh, Lego DC Superheroes Justice League Attack of the Legion of Doom. It's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. All right. <laughs> the Last Dragon is also coming out on Blu-ray. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yes. Very good is The Last Dragon. <laughs> All right. What else? Oh, you're buying this week. <laughs> the Walking Dead Season 5 is coming out. Yes. <laughs> Elementary Season. Speaking of, tonight starts 
Fear the Walking Dead. Ah. The prequel TV show. I'm kind of interested to see how it's going to uh, play out. I like this whole concept of let me, fresh let me know zombies. If they, let me know if mm-hmm. they uh, come out with how they mow the lawns. How the ground is still like Look at you, Ed. All right. Ooh, I saw. I think I might have my pick of the week. I'm sure there's because there's not many. This because this is the last one I have. Elementary season three is coming out. Oh, son of a bitch. I guess I know where my money's going to this week. <laughs> All right. I know where my money's going. And there you go. Vampire Hunter D. Blu-ray is a classic anime film. That's out already. I've What, yeah. the Blu-ray? Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm getting it. Yeah. It must it's, actually cheap. it's on the list. It's yeah. cheap. So. Yeah, yeah. That is, the original that is, cult classic, digitally remastered. It. Yeah. Yeah, that will be coming home with me. Um, I'm going to say my double feature of Easy Money and Men at Work. <laughs> I, okay, first it's Ryan Dangerfield's classic Easy Money. Yes. Um, then a very underrated, awesome movie, Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez in Men at Work. It is such a funny, good movie. It, 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 when I mention it, people go, I never heard of it. I'm like, that's because you're not a nerd. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I, the first time, I think it's really the first time the two of them ever acted together in a movie. Yeah. Because they're brothers. Yes. So it's it's like it, to see them act together, and it's like a comedy, and I'm like, this is awesome. It's also like I said, really funny. Um, what else? Let's see. Do I see anything else here that might jump out? Yeah. Oh, look! It's the Bringing On the Championship Collection. Oh, is that DVD or Blu-ray? It's the five movies. The Bring It On. There were five movies. Yeah, There's five movies. Bring hey. It On. Bring no, It On I Again. Didn't. Bring it on, all or nothing. Bring it on, hit it to win it, and bring it on, fight to the finish. Um, the first one is one of my personal favorites, <laughs> Liza Dushku. Yes, love that. Um, I didn't. I think I saw the second one, but then the third one uh, capitalized on the Hayden Penteria. I'm a cheerleader and yeah. heroes. Let's get her in a Bring It On movie. Yeah. The fourth one, I don't know who's in it, and the fifth one, I think, is um, the singer. Oh, crap. Who can't think of her name? Um, let's see. La, 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 la. Uh, Christina Milan. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, I guess. I mean, how much is it on DVD? It's only. Come on. DVD's selling it on Prime for like 14 bucks. Come on. <laughs> that is a teenage boy's. You know, that's the. I can't find my parents' porn stash, and I don't have access to the internet, so let me watch Bring It On, all five of them. <laughs> you know, because I got a crush on the high school cheerleader in my class. <laughs> Let's see what else you got. Uh, let me rub it out and bring it on. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm bringing it on. Bringing it on hard. Uh, escape from Hellhole. Nope. Uh, yeah, Light yeah, I Week. I got nothing. Light on. Week, told you. Yeah, elementary might be my uh, my pick, you know, my buy this week. <laughs> and maybe um, I still have to pick up season four of The Walking Dead. I haven't gotten around to it because I'm I'm surprised there's not like a limited edition special Walking Dead season five pack. Yeah, because last year's because I have a couple like season three was a nice one too, where it was um, uh, the governor's case of heads. All right, right. That you actually filled with water and the head was with Bob because mm. they were attached to springs. It was awesome. You know, and then there's the other one. Like the first one I got was uh, Tom McFarlane makes them. So that's why I'm surprised or not. It's just the head with the uh, screwdriver and its eye that you use to lift open and 
pulls the back of the head back and you grab your your season. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I love that show. <laughs> I love that show. So, hey, well, anything coming out in video games? Uh, oh, wait, I know the big one coming out this week. Madden NFL 16 by yeah, Electronic Arts for the PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, and Xbox Yeah, Xbox. my, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's mad season. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what you're getting with that. What else you got? Uh, Disney Infinity 3.0 Edition, the Star Wars Saga Bundle, and the uh, the starter pack, which it comes uh, out this week. That's what it says here. So I don't know. I I I'm, I, I, I was, was like, September. You know, I, yeah, I thought so too. So now I'm I mean, like, it could be completely. I mean, they could have bumped it up. Unless it's this, oh, well. oh, August thirty, yes, August thirtieth, it's coming out. Okay. Um, the, what I thought was interesting was the fact is is that the PS4 and PS3 editions come with a Boba Fett, yes, extra, f- f- you know, character, and the rest don't. Yeah, so. it, because Sony has made the because Disney and Sony have wound up getting this nice deal together. Mm-hmm. So Sony's getting a lot of exclusives. Like I know that if you bought, um, there's. I don't know if if you I, you saw me post it on my personal page the Darth Vader PS4. Yes. I uh, I was like you sons of bitches. Just when I get my nice Batman Arkham Knight PS4 after getting my other one, you come out with a Darth Vader one. But on by looking at it though, I was like, you know what? I'm glad I have the one cuz I'm not a real big fan of it. Cuz I don't like the controller, the the collectible controller that comes out with it. It's uh black, but it's got to be it's an OCD nightmare because the top right button is blue. The mm. top left button is red. The one circle button is red, and the control pad's red. And I'm just like, oh, like it would be so weird to just look at it. Like, why isn't it all one color? Why isn't it all two colors? You know. Oh well. But no. But what they're doing well, they is that's because it looks like his chest plate. Well, yeah, so it's yeah, like so his chest plate. But what they did was, and this might interest mm. you a little bit, though. They're actually when you buy that, you're going to get vouchers. For uh, Return of the Jedi, the Super NES version. Ah, like they're actually releasing old vintage games uh, in the PlayStation Store for you to download. I'm like, oh. like, but yet yeah, not that. Remember that classic Star Wars game where with all the lines and you sat in like the cockpit. Yeah, no one's ever released that one yet. Like that's the one I want released. <laughs> you can download as an app. It's not the same. Not the same. Not the same. No, no. I don't want to look at my little phone. I want to see the big screen. Yeah, eight I got bits. A, I got a forty-seven inch oh TV. I want to see that glorious eight bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else has got coming out? Uh, Gears of War Ultimate Edition by Microsoft for the Xbox One. Yeah, this is the uh, re-release of Gears of War, the first one. Yep. And apparently, like people are like, "Well, why just the first one? Because there's four of them out. Gears of War is one, two, and three. And Gears of War Judgment, this is, um, if you buy Gears, this version, and you've already had the other versions, you know, in in the past, apparently those games now will be backwards. You can download the backwards compatibility. Oh, okay. Um, yes, they're really trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else you got? One Piece Pirate Wars, <laughs> Warriors, sorry, 3 by Namco Bandai <gasps> Games, the PS4. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Until Dawn by Sony for the PS4. Oh, okay, that's the one. I don't know if you've seen the ads. It's got speaking of Hayden Pedentary, she starring in her and a bunch of other people starring in this like mocap story horror movie mm-hmm. where your decisions uh, correlate to who lives, who dies. Apparently, multiple endings. 
Um, only thing is, it, it doesn't really play more like a game. It plays more like a choose-your-own-adventure mm. where something happens and you go, oh, I have to push the A button to, to, you know, open the door. And, oh, I'm running. Do I turn left or do I turn right? You know, it, there's no real video game quality to it. It's more mm. like, okay, if you want to go left, turn to page 17. If you want to go right, turn to page 28, you know. Ah, page 28. Oh, no, that was... Uh, no, 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 go, 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 go. I didn't leave the page. You know, so, I mean, it looks interesting, but it definitely looks like, I don't know if I would buy it, but I would probably borrow it. Yeah. You know, or rent it or something if you had the ability just to play it through once. And maybe, maybe it has a couple different replay values because mm. apparently if you have the option to go right or go left and you go one way, you can go back and do it again, do the opposite way. Yeah. I don't know, like, if you get, I don't know, there's like you and eight people mm. and it's they, and it, what it does, it does play firmly on the tongue-in-cheek of horror movies it's like oh we're lost in a cabin in the woods what are we gonna do it, it takes a lot of those like it kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of plays with the horror aspect okay it's not like a serious storyline it's mm-hmm. but it, it's supposed to be if you have the the ps4 camera or mm. maybe the connect as well it's supposed to record your scare moments like when there's like a, a big creepy scare moment you're like, ah. apparently it records what your reactions are, so you can actually share that if you wanted to. Okay, yeah, well, look at me, like I'm peeing like a little kid. Oh, it's not going to come out for Xbox. Oh, that's right, it's a Sony exclusive. That's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have Dishonored Definitive Edition by Bethesda for the PS4 and Xbox 360. I played the. Uh, I played Dishonored. It's the first person. Like it's felt like a I'm sorry, Xbox One. Apologize. <laughs> it's a. Um, I'm going to say. Cyber, not cyberpunkish, but steampunk. Steampunk, right? Steampunk Assassin's Creed first person. Okay, as best as I can describe it is you. You can um, there's like I do know from experience there's two different ways you can go through each mission and not kill anybody, and you get more points than you would if you were like I'm coming in shooting everybody, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, like if you leave a bunch of dead bodies around, apparently it's not supposed to be as good as if you kind of only get the people that you are assigned to assassinate mm. and do it in a way where they don't get killed or you're not responsible for their death. Okay. Like I set something up and all of a sudden you get arrested and you know, you're, you're, I'm going to execute you for treason because I was able to manipulate people and objects to them to make them think that you're guilty. Okay. Versus me just walking in and slicing your throat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's it for release this week. All right, well, uh, we'll take a break, and we'll come back and get the nerd news. Sounds awesome. All right, we'll be right back, folks. People. And we're back, folks. <laughs> How's everybody doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. There's, there's, there's something. I, what was that? <laughs> okay. Just to let you guys know, like, before we came, Ed was giving me the famous four-finger count, you know, the three, two, one, the point thing. I, right, I think at two, I went, People, and 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 because I was listening to a podcast, I listen to a bunch of podcasts on the show. I mean, not on the show, on the show. I listen to podcasts on the show. Which, whenever you hear me tune out, it's because I'm listening to something more entertaining. Oh, I feel wonderful now. But it's a it's a whole deconstruction of Mozart's Third Sympathy, Sympathy, Symphony. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Play. 
<laughs> you know, and, uh, you know that clarity moment you had. <laughs> Zoik, yoik, yoik. <laughs> it's gone. Um, I was listening to Rob Polson, who is a famous voiceover actor. Yeah. For those people who don't know who Rob Polson is, if you're a fan of Pinky and the Brain, he is Pinky. If you're a fan of Animaniacs, he plays Yakko. He's also played Michelangelo. And I think Donatello in two different iterations of um, – he played Raphael mm. in the first iteration of the t- Turtles. And I think he plays um, Donatello this time around. Okay. Um, sorry. Um, so he has people – he has a podcast. And on the one I was listening to on the way up to pick you up to go to the studio, yeah, he has um, the girl Pam who played Bobby, um, um, Bobby Hill – yeah. On and then another woman. I should really look that up since I'm talking about it, but you know, it doesn't really matter, to be honest. Yeah. Um she said that like purple is a word they use to kind of stop the the popping sounds. Like yeah, you know like know. like the one coming here. Uh, come my butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you didn't hear any far, I call that the percolator. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I was going to compliment at the end that he never farted through the whole thing that we missed out on that, and now he does it. So, <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> no compliment for you. I, I, I like to people. Well, I like to make it. It's part of the drinking game. That you know, for those people who don't know, there's a drinking game out there. At least I'm hoping there is. This could be a rule. You drink when Sean farts. So you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> like some nights you'll be drinking a lot. Some yeah. you're going, oh, what the hell? So like you can you can judge. I think that if I fart, you should have to drink the whole glass. It's like you have to drink the whole drink. Okay. Because it's it can either be you get really fucked up some episodes, or some episodes you, it's it's like like oh where's Waldo? Oh, drink! There it is! Woo! <laughs> I like to make the show interactive, Ed. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so anyway, um, as I was saying, is this the beginning of part two or end of part two? <laughs> <laughs> this is the end of part two. End of part two. Wow. <laughs> The, the, so far, we, far the, the, the fart kind of made my like lose my equilibrium a little bit, so I kind of forgot where I was at, and, and I was rambling. So I was like, "Wait, what?" I felt like Grandpa. <laughs> where am I now? Where am I? Who are you? Uh, anyway, what I was going to say was that one thing I didn't mention during the video game review, you know, information was the fact that I actually had a chance to get my hands on the Black Ops Three beta test. Oh yes, yes. Um, it's the multiplayer. Um, they did. Uh, it wasn't bad. I'm not a multiplayer guy. Yeah. I've always said that. So getting an opportunity to play the multiplayer, I'm always like, all right, I'll go in and I'll get my ass handed to me a couple times, and you know, let me see how it plays. It plays nice and smooth. And what they did was they gave their specialists now in this game. Where uh, the one I person I picked was a specialist was a uh, person with a bow and arrow. Uh-huh. You know, and that once you get to a certain point, I guess over a certain time, your bow becomes available. And you can use it, and when you hit somebody with your bow and arrow, they blow up. Yeah, which is nice. You know, <laughs> um, it's smooth. It's a little faster than some of the only multiplayer stuff that I've played in the past. But again, mm-hmm. I only I only dabble. It's like I'm a part time lover of multiplayer. <laughs> <laughs> part time lover. <laughs> so I mean, it was it was fun. It was enjoyable. Um, 
Now, PS4, uh, Sony has had exclusive rights to the first week of the beta testing. Like, there's, they're only available for five days, and it started the 19th, so it's probably going to be ending by Monday. You know, mm-hmm. maybe. And then later this week, the Xbox One starts up. Okay. You know, so people who have had an opportunity, it's, there's no beta testing for um, PS3 or Xbox 360. They were like, nope. Because from what I understand, I don't know how true this is, and I, w- I will keep you informed the later it gets down the year, mm. that I heard that they're going to stop making games for PS3 and PS3, I'm sorry, PS3 and Xbox 360s by the end of this year. Yeah. I personally don't see that happening. Why I can not? see them. I can see them taking away some titles. I think a lot of the the second tier, like I think there's going to be a Madden across the board. I think there's going to be, you know, like a hockey across. The board. I think the sports games will probably continue on on the board. I don't think so. Really, you think they're just going to go? We're done. I mean, I don't. I don't think. I don't think games in general for those two platforms will end. But I think all the major titles, like the like the the Maddens, the hockey, all that, next year you're not going to see that in 2016. You're not. You're like, okay, that's, that's going to be gone. Uh, you're just going to see games that you're like you you'd be like, just because I still have a PS3, I need to keep buying games. Like I need right. to fill my addiction. That they, they, it's going to be titles that's like you've never heard of, or it's going to be like simple games, or you know, or uh, okay, something so, something that they promised years ago and it finally came out. You know, gotcha. like, kind of thing. Like I, cause, you know, but it's the same. Like it's it always happens. It's never going to. You're never going to see a system go. Wow, it's been like five years since the the current generation out, and the, the previous generation yeah. is still making games. I, I honestly like, thought it would last longer, though. No, I, I, I truthfully, I thought it'd be like, yo, look, okay, well, this would be the fourth. This is, it's been out for three years now. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I guess I was kind of home like for a five to ten year run before. They started, you know, like five years where you'd see the majority of the people go. It's it's it's, it's just a reality check because yeah. it's just the technology is so advanced for the for the PS4 and the Xbox One that developers are are looking to those systems because that's where the most money is going to be. More and more people are buying those systems, yeah, that's you true. know, and 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 keep going. So for Xbox Three, you know, they want to make games for them. They don't, right. but it's just like there's no money in it for them anymore. Like like people are trading those in so they can get the next gen games or the current. Right. It keeps saying next gen, but it's current generation. Yeah, pretty stuff. much. So. I mean, you know, it, it was it was it was only a matter of time. I mean, I remember when the PS3 came out, and I was still trying to buy PS2 games. Right. And then there's that one day you walk into Best Buy, and there's one shelf, not a rack, not a you know, like a, a <laughs> whole area. Old, 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 old games. games. Yeah, you just never want to see. And then you go into, <coughs> you know, uh, uh, a GameStop, and it's all like pre pre owned games that like people are trading in, and that's yeah. it. You know, like new. New titles they got rid of, you know, because they just want to move on to the next stuff. It'd be interesting because I'm kind of curious to see like what's going to happen to the stores, like like this the like, store like GameStop where it ha- relies heavily on the pre-owned market. Where are, are they just going to cut down their? They're going to get rid of the new release section, which has I got to be honest has been shrinking more and more since the new systems have come out. I've noticed that. Yeah, um, I noticed like just for the 360 alone that there's you usually have them in alphabetical order and like the last bottom shelf is almost empty because there's no games that will fill that whole rack because there's nothing new coming out. Right. So, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's, I guess we'll see. I mean, I'm, I guess I'll be, I'll be there on the front lines. Right. You know, yeah. As I mean, a gamer. That's the thing. Eventually that's, that's, that's going to force me to buy a, yeah. you know, in the next a current gen system because it's like, I'm going to a point where like, I can't get any games that I want to play and the games I do want to play are on that platform. Right. You know, like, 
I'm really considering buying the Star Wars edition of the PS4 just so I could I, play Star Wars Battlefront. And, I don't you know. know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when. Uh, I don't know when GameStop's taking pre-orders for it. I'll keep an eye out and I'll let you know. But they should start. They should be running that whole special, like um, especially when it comes close to that release date of. Hey, you get and you'll get like maybe twice as much money for your system when you trade it in. Yeah, you know, and that always seems that always seems to bring the suckers in, <laughs> <laughs> bringing the pigeons. Yeah, the pigeons. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I thought it was fun, but I, I again, I'm not a multiplayer guy. If the story is good, maybe I'll play it. But a lot of people are going, who plays Call of Duty for the story, man? <laughs> but I do know that this time, one of the big things about the Black Ops was always the zombie mode. Yeah. They're actually you can actually play the zombie storyline right out of the box. You don't have to wait for the first map pack to come out. Okay. So they they kind of were like, okay, we all know you like, and I think it's to get people back in because a lot of people didn't like the, the second Call of Duty. A lot of people didn't like Call of Duty Ghosts. A lot of people didn't really like Advanced Warfare. Like I think people are starting to wear thin on the Call of Duty line. Yeah. So they're always trying, obviously, because it's one of the big franchise for Activision. They're always trying to make sure that they can sell. Copies. Copies. Yeah. So it's like, well, here's the zombie mode right out of the gate. Yeah. You know, with a whole new storyline and new, new, you know. And I'm horrible at those games. You know, like I, yeah. I can't stay, because I bought Black Ops and I get my, like, I can't last like 20 minutes in that game. I, like it frustrates yeah. me to hell. But I'm always like curious like, to go into multiplayer and like, you know. Oh, multiplayer. And, and, and then just like. You know, I know I'm a fuck up, so I'm just gonna go like throw the grenade in in the, in my own group, you know, and blow everybody up, and then probably flip You're out. That guy. <laughs> Oops, sorry guys. Like, yeah. like it was funny when I was playing the multiplayer. The first round, I couldn't get a death. I couldn't get a kill to save my life. So, but I got my ass handed to me. It was like, hey, hey, dude, I'm walking around the way around, shot in the side of the head. Yeah. Like, oh, you son of a bitch. But then after a while, I found like when I got to a certain board, maybe a certain map, I I can work better with. Yeah. And I was actually racking up. I was like, "Oh, look at me! What? 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 What?" You know. Eh, but yeah. I mean, I was getting good. I was like getting pretty good. Like I could like one at a right. time, you know, kind of thing. But you see a barrage of people coming out. You're like, like you're like Han Solo and Stormtroopers. You start around, start running, run. <laughs> yeah, but generally, a lot of times is when you get into like one of the helicopters and you're trying to fly off and right. shooting, and it's like, what am I shooting? At? Just like, keep shooting. Just keep shooting. And the helicopter crashes. It's like I don't even know what I'm supposed to shoot at to get away. Like what the hell? <laughs> so uh, yeah, so there you go. There's my little review on Black Ops Three <laughs> multiplayer beta access. Uh, um, and uh, to keep. Listen, in, folks, because in part three, we do nerd news where we talk about D3, D23, mm. um, and we talk uh, Star Wars, obviously. We talk Disney. We talk, uh, what else do we talk, eh? Uh, it was pretty much Disney-related and a couple Batman stories. Was yeah, try a couple Batman stories, yeah. Sad stories, but uh, you know, they need to be told. So. I think, even though there were sad stories, I think we gave them a proper send-off. Yeah. I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> you might not think so, but then again, listen I, and find out. You'll have to make your own judgment. But in, you know, so listen to part three. But in the meantime, if you want to show your support for the show and that you enjoyed it, give our show a like on our Facebook page at Geeksters Radio. You can also follow us on Twitter at Geeksters or Instagram at, at Geeksters Radio. And you can tell your friends about us too. And you go, dude, you got to go to Geeksters Radio and give that page a like because you guys are kind of funny. <laughs> kind of funny. I'm not giving. That's about. That's the minimum. I'm giving us kind of funny. 
But go to the About section, and you can find out where you can download some of their shows because they're fucking idiots. Or you go to worthwithgeek.com or, or iTunes. And now you can go to Google, download your favorite podcast app, search for Geeksers, and we'll be there for you to listen. And if you want to contact Ed on anything you might have seen or heard on our Facebook page or on Instagram or on Twitter or anywhere, you can contact him at Ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can contact Sean at Sean at wordswithgeeks.com. Or if you want to contact Erica, you can contact her at Erica at wordswithgeeks.com. And that's Erica with a K. So sit back and load up part three for the fun. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.